1: My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all of the places that are released to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Dutch to the dorks. They call her Miss 305. She's Ashley Pickle.
0: They encompasses. They do. <laughs> you are they. They all call you miss <laughs>
1: 305. I've heard it a lot. Dolly. Uh, today is Friday, October 14th, 2022. Ooh, it's Friday the 14th.
0: I literally mentioned to Mallory when I was setting up, I said, we missed it by one day. And that's even heightened in uh, October of, of because it's, it's
1: spooky season. Of course. Um,. Episode, or rather, uh, it's only 41 days till Thanksgiving. So Dirk, until Thanksgiving. Uh, happy birthday to who's born today? Do you have any friends who are having birthdays? I haven't looked it up. I don't know. Going once, going twice. So. Happy birthday to Dwight Eisenhower, who was born in. Mm.
0: Do you know where he was born? I don't. Denison. Oh, how about that? Mm-hmm.
1: The birthplace of Dwight how D. Eisenhower. About that? Anyway, happy birthday, President Eisenhower. Uh, he was born 1890. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Episode 1,478. Uh, on today's show, my friends, it, we're going to announce the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week uh, winner as well as the, uh, as well as the Dairy Max built by Chuck and Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. And then, helpful Honda Mailbag Friday, we're going to be answering your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, etc. We'll also round out a little bit of Thursday action around the state of Texas. So we'll get into that. But first, do we have first four through the door?
0: We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Robert Legow, Tony Blaylock, and Ed McElroy. Welcome in, fellas. Howdy,
1: friends. Thanks for spending a little bit of your Friday with us as we get ready for a big night of football on Bally uh, Sports Southwest. I'm supposed yep. to tell you to watch that, because Pickle's going to be on it.
0: I will be there. Do you know what you're wearing? Absolutely no idea. Me neither. Something. I'll, I'll figure out something.
1: You should just go in that. You're looking great.
0: Yeah, thanks. My East Side shirt. Shout out, Denton. Pickle. Announcements.
1: Dave Campbell's Texas football. Uh, the uh, the leading publication for all things football in the state of Texas, and the Tax Act Texas Bowl are proud to recognize the most outstanding high school football player in the state each week with the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff nominates 10 deserving candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it to you at texasfootball.com to vote. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. It is, according to my watch, shortly thereafter. Facts. Your week seven, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week,
0: is... Drum roll, bang!
1: Wolforth Friendship quarterback Hudson Hutchison, who, threw, who went 24 of 28 for 463 yards and six touchdowns passing, ran for 59 yards and a touchdown rushing as well. Congratulations to all the nominees. Katie Cinco Ranch quarterback Gavin Rutherford, Tyler Chapel Hill wide receiver Deuce McGregor, Port Arthur Memorial wide receiver Caleb Goody, Wink quarterback and linebacker Cannon Gibson, El Paso Chapin linebacker Nick Purnell, um, Mansfield Lake Ridge quarterback Keenan Miller, Rochelle wide receiver Sean Estes, Kilgore running back Isaiah Ross, and Sonora athlete Jaime Boutron, but a very special congratulations to the Week 7, Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week, Hudson Hutchison from Wolfworth Friendship High School. Congratulations, young man. Why are you looking at me like that?
0: Uh, because Hudson has an outstanding name. Hudson Hutchison. It is very, for a broadcaster, it is scary.
1: Hudson Hutchison. Yes.
0: But... Uh, from a name perspective in and of itself I like it it's a it.
1: good quarterback name
0: yeah exactly it's it's like Hutchison it's like commanding you know
1: uh, it's Hudson Hutchison out to lead the troops <laughs> <laughs> Derry Max and Dave Campbell's <laughs> Texas football are proud to team up again this year it's to excellence in coaching <laughs> And the hard work that assistant coaches put on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your week seven. Correct. Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week
0: eight. Drum roll.
1: Boom. Whoa, it's a sweep for Wolfworth Friendship. Yeah, how Wolfworth about that? Friendship quarterback Caleb Holt. They do be voting. (laughs) Hudson Hutchison threw for a school record six touchdowns and three different receivers topped the 100-yard mark in a 49-34 win over Midland Legacy. Congratulations to all the nominees, Marion Defensive Coordinator Tim Tesh, Corpus Christi Miller Defensive Coordinator Eric John, and West Columbia offensive Coordinator Buddy Harden. But a very special congratulations to the Week 7, Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, Caleb Holt, offensive Coordinator at of Friendship High School. Tigers getting out the vote. Love to see it. Now a word from our friends at VCR Now
0: Reach out to us today at info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at VCRnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW.
1: Pickle. It's time for Helpful
0: Honda Mailback Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score some great deals on award-winning Hondas. Visit your local Helpful Honda dealer today or visit ntxhondadealer.com. Yeah ntx honda dealers thank you can't forget the s.com to learn
1: more thank you honda love you honda
0: good cars honda love they you go honda. me mechanic understand they when you say car no go but they
1: hondas go. don't have that problem they do go put it in h all right let's help Honda mail mailbag friday get your questions in about high school football college football recruiting lifestyle romance travel all of the things we'll answer as many as we can i gotta get out of here at twelve forty-five because as you can tell i need a haircut so we're going to get that thing done before I have to go on the air tonight on Valley Sports Southwest. First, some uh, Thursday night results. One thing to keep in mind, one thing to note.
0: The, war the weather games, was legit in Houston.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was big weather down in Houston. So, for example, Richmond, Foster, Manville was a game we really had our eye on. It made our top 10 Texas High School Ball games of the week uh yesterday. It has been postponed until tomorrow, Saturday, I think at noon. Uh, I will ask live to the executive producer, is it still going to be on Texan Live?
0: I got to ask. Okay. We'll find out. Find <laughs> it out should together. Be. It
1: should be. Tune in. Uh, to texanlive.com. We'll have other Saturday games as well, but uh, I believe uh, we will see if it's going to be. But it did get postponed. Uh, it's going to be at Alvin ISD Memorial Stadium on Saturday at noon. Uh, elsewhere across the state of Texas, we did have a couple of uh, a couple of interesting results. I think especially in like greater North Texas mm-hmm. was kind of where a lot of it happened. So one of them, Argyle beats Frisco Emerson yesterday in a battle of unbeaten's twenty four to ten first year program Frisco Emerson um Argyle stays unbeaten they're gonna still be the number one team in 5A division 2 at the end of at the end of the, the, end of the, the week I'm like spoiler alert I am inclined to think really highly of Frisco Emerson after this result yeah I mean that's a first year varsity program I'll be honest they were 7-0 and coming into this game and I'm like alright this is where it ends and it's gonna end badly I thought they were gonna get launched into the sun by Argyle
0: well and yeah I'm gonna be honest like I mean I will Pull back the curtains in the Slack chat. There was a lot of conversation about like, is this a really bad result for Argyle? And I'm sitting there, and Ish and I were sitting there talking it, um, and it was like, no. no, I I don't think it is. I think Emerson is a legitimate team.
1: I think this is more about Emerson than it is about Argyle. Mm-hmm. I think that's a real. I think that's a real good result for Emerson. And I don't want. I'm not. I'm not in the business of handing out moral victories. Argyle gets the win, and that's the win that matters. They're going to win the district almost certainly now. But that is. I thought a really encouraging result Mm -hmm. for emerson and proof that proof like that's proof of concept that like you know and and by the way that's kendall miller former lakeview centennial coach he's the Mm -hmm. thsca president-elect and they are cooking keep an eye on emerson i think i think the mavericks are for real and and again this is not taking anything away from argyle but argyle is kind of a known commodity Mm -hmm. like we've lavished praise on argyle we'll continue to lavish praise on argyle good win for them but I I come away from this one. This game's more about Emerson.
0: Well, and I was going to say that we talked about it yesterday with uh, the District Eleven Six A. How we've always had. In the past, it's been Duncanville, DeSoto, Cedar Hill. That's that's mm-hmm. all that it's been. But this year, we've seen those other second tier teams really start to come about. I think that this district is underrated when you yes. look at the Argyle because Argyle is is the clear cut favorite. I don't think that's anything. But like Dallas has had an unbelievable year. I mm-hmm. saw Frisco Independence play two weeks ago, and they looked incredibly good. Mm-hmm. And then you have Emerson. I think that that's a deeper district than what we're really used to seeing.
1: I think you're right. I think we I think we thought that. It was going to be like Argyle and, and then literally like, the field and everyone else. <laughs> yeah, and I think District Three Five A Division Two is is closer than people think. Now I
0: will. Independence also, is a good team yes. too. Watch out for them. I will also say this: this
1: is now twice that or three times really that when Argyle has played a good team. It's been close. Mm-hmm. And really, I'd say four times if you want to count Lake Dallas. Now, the rest are scheduled. they play play Frisco Independence next week. Frisco Independence is undefeated, but they're kind of in that same vein of, of Emerson of, like, I need to see him prove it. And who's Independence got tonight? They've got uh, Frisco Memorials. So they're going to beat them. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Uh, so, I don't think... I like Argyle, and I think they deserve to be the number one team in the state. Mm-hmm. But they are not... There are other places where I think number one is so far and away the best team in the in the class. Um, I do not think that's the case with Argyle. I think that that I think five A Division two is tighter than maybe we we you would think.
0: Has Independence played like Dallas yet?
1: No. Nope. Independence schedule is really backloaded. They play Argyle, Lake Dallas, and Emerson in the final three.
0: Okay. Because so I was going to say, if they, could, if they could take care of Lake Dallas, then you might be looking at that last game of the season deciding second place in that district. Their big win
1: of the year is over Frisco Heritage, mm-hmm. who they beat uh, in week two, 42 39. That was their best win. You saw Heritage Which, last
0: what a night. segue. <laughs>
1: Frisco and Heritage at the star. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention the extracurriculars that went on in that game.
0: Yes, there was... Uh, it was It was over, like, a three-hour game. A big reason for that was in the... still in the first quarter, I think, first quarter, or really early second quarter, but um, Huge brawl broke out. Mm. I mean, big. It was. It lasted for a long time. Um, there, it started on the Heritage sideline. It was just a conglomerate of people, and then it lo- Then it kind of went out to the field. It looked like it was going to break up, and then all of a sudden, it was going back again. They finally got it all shut down. Um, but f- five players were ejected. Three mm. from Heritage's side, one of which being their starting quarterback, and two very notable players from uh, Frisco. So the game completely shifted at that point because mm-hmm. we had seen a lot of good play and then it was like okay five of the best players on the field just got taken out how is this going to look but I want to give a big shout out Frisco ended up pulling it out the game went down to the wire um Heritage mm-hmm. ended up, they were down three. They ended up getting a stop on fourth and goal. It was fourth and two at the goal line. They get it, they take over, and then they just didn't have enough juice in the tank to finish it off. Frisco forced a big fourth and sixth, and they uh, they ended up winning it out. But the, uh, let me make sure I get this kid's name right, because he was, he was big time. Uh, Cameron Franklin from Heritage, he's 6'4" like 185 pounds and he's playing corner. And so Ish and I see him and we're like, whoa, okay, this kid, like he's got some size to him. He's only a junior. So we were like, it's interesting. He's not playing offense. Mm -hmm. What is, is he a little slow? Does he maybe not have a good catch radius? What are we looking at here? And once the quarterback got taken out, he ended up stepping in as the backup quarterback in the first play Interception, and we're going. Well, that's why he's not on offense. And then after that, he started. He looked like Lamar Jackson out there. He started feeling himself. He was making unbelievable throws. And I mean, he was a really good player. So recruiting guys might want to take a look at Cameron Franklin. He's he's impressive from Heritage. Frisco
1: moves to six. uh, Sorry, Frisco moves to six and one on the year. Um, and they will now get next week. Frisco Reedy, and what should be as long as Reed takes care of business against Sherman tonight, which I think they will. Um that'll be probably for the district title right there in Frisco and Frisco-Reedy next week so that'll be a lot of fun um elsewhere uh 5A Division 2 as well um Wiley takes down Wichita Falls Ryder in a Thriller. I think they were down like 17 in this game and mm-hmm. rallied back. Our own Corey Hogue was there covering for the Wichita Falls uh, Times record and was giving us great play-by-play. They end up scoring with about a minute left, decide to go for two to take the lead. They get it, and they get an interception late to win a big win for Abilene Wiley. I think they're in the driver's seat for that district now. Yeah, and, and
0: at the beginning of the year, we were like, this is Riders to lose.
1: Absolutely. And so now um, they knock out number eight uh, writer, uh, in that in that game.
0: Um, b- 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 Roger's been down in some close ones this I'm year, a man. Year. Like, a weird year. There, yeah. If you want to point out like a team where you look at the schedule and go, that
1: that's weird. Yeah. That's them. <laughs> um, and then last night there was some college action. Um, Baylor played West Virginia, and West, did you know this? God, I had n- I had never I, I I didn't know this until I think um, Craven mentioned it yesterday. That Baylor has never beaten West Virginia in Morgantown, at least not since they've joined the league.
0: It's an under that that is a little bit shocking, but it is an underrated place to play. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, what else is there really to do in Morgantown? Like, they show up for the games. Yeah,
1: it was a Thursday night affair, and uh, the the curse of Morgantown continues for Baylor as West Virginia wins forty three forty. We can talk about Blake Shapin getting hurt because that was obviously a big deal. They had to turn to Kyron Drones. I didn't think Kyron Drones was the problem. I think that he took some time to settle in, but Kyra, but Blake Shabin went out with what I think they were describing as like a head-neck injury. So I think they're saying like concussion uh, protocol, stuff like that. He went out. Squirrel Williams went out. Craig Williams went out, which was uh, uh, unfortunate as well because he was really important for, for their offense as well. But let's not overlook the fact that this was not about... The problem for Baylor in this game was not about the the offense. Their offense, I thought, was fine. They put up 40 points, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And they put up uh, 590 yards total offense. No problem. Blake Shapin before he went out, was super sharp. The offense wasn't the issue. The issue was the defense got torched. Defense gave up 500 yards total offense to West Virginia. Um, that's only the third time. <laughs> that's a lot. That's the only the third time in the Dave Aranda era that they've given up 500 yards total offense. Mm-hmm. Um, that, the offense looked bad in this game, and and look, by the way, so Baylor's three and three now. Okay, Baylor's three and three. So they need three more wins to get to a bowl, and I know that seems crazy to be like, is Baylor going to make a bowl? But here's their <laughs> schedule. Okay, take a look at the schedule. <laughs> Kansas, not the layup it used to be. Certainly, Mm-mm. at Tech. Now, I think Baylor's probably better than Tech, but at the same time, depending on how long Blake Shapin's out, and that's
0: on the road in Lubbock. And it's Joey Maguire's first game back against him. <laughs> to be fair, Craven was telling us, so he's going to that game mm-hmm. and he booked a hotel room. He said, like, the, the minimum hotel rate he could find was like $350 a night. And I'm talking, like, low-level hotel at that point. That's how much people are excited for that one. At Oklahoma,
1: now. Again, OU is not what they used to be. That is a bad Oklahoma team, but it's on the road.
0: Overlook them because they're not good and you get burned. Kansas State,
1: who's 17th in the nation right now. Mm -hmm. TCU, who right now looks like they're going to, you know, looks like they're going to win this Saturday. Yeah, see what they do, but they're at least co-favorite to win the Big 12. And they finish at Texas. Baylor's got to win three of those six to make a bowl. I'm not saying they can't do it. I'm saying that, like, last night, by letting that one slip... It's not an, it's not an easy walk. You really... You're going to have to earn it now, so it's going to be interesting. Anyway, there's some look at last night's action. Do we have any questions and help the Honda back Friday?
0: We sure do. Let's start off with thoughts on Aleith Taylor and Sh- uh, Str- Stratford. No Jesuit.
1: Oh, Houston Strake Jesuit. Yes,
0: <laughs> uh, the Taylor win likely pushes Shadow Creek yes. to the Division Two bracket. Yes,
1: it does. Um, this is a so so last night. It was last night, and and uh, and Taylor beats Strake twenty four seventeen. A really critical matchup, and that to me was probably probably. I, I need to look through the results, but probably straight up for fourth place in that district. Mm-hmm. I still like pair. I'll still like. Shadow Creek, Dawson and Pearland are going to play tonight in the in the um the, the battle of Pearland. I'm sure they have a fun name for that. <laughs> uh but then but Taylor I think takes con- command of that third spot. That is going to bump almost certainly uh, uh, as long as things hold to form that's going to bump Shadow Creek to the division 2 bracket. Very interesting there. Um I think this Taylor team is interesting specifically because I think that they play defense. They got kind of lit up by Klein Force in the opener, uh, but since then, their defense has been, and, and they got lit up by Fourpenny Marshall. That tends to happen. But in District, their defense has kind of taken the next step. Uh, tough set, tough schedule the rest of the way. Pearland and Shadow Creek before they finish against Elsick. But I like this Taylor team. For Strake, now they're kind of chasing. Right, mm-hmm. Strake is going to have to. They're going to need a slip up somewhere along the lines to to get there. Uh, their schedule, and by the way, or they're going to need to seal one against Pearland and Shadow Creek. The other one for me is like that loss to Dawson's a killer. They've now lost to basically the two two of the teams that I thought they were chasing for like a third or fourth playoff spot in Dawson and Taylor. They don't have those head-to-heads. So interesting, interesting. They're in District Twenty Three Six A, but that's a big result there for Taylor. I think they feel they got to feel really good about making the playoffs now. What's next, Mademoiselle Pickle?
0: Um, how do you think that the district, uh, the Mount Vernon Winsboro district, I can't. I got to look up which one that is. Uh, how do you think that's going to pan it. out one through four?
1: Let's see. So we're talking Winsboro's about at 5 3 a Division 1.
0: Yeah, Winsboro's in the driver's seat right now. 5 3 a
1: Division 1. Yeah, Winsboro's got to feel great about it. Now, big game tonight. Well, here's the thing. They feel good right now. Yes. Got to go take care of business against Pottsboro tonight. Now, they're favored. By one. But they're <laughs> on the road, and this is a close game, mm-hmm. I think, between these two. If you're Mount Vernon, you got your pom-poms out for Pottsboro. Yes. Because... Uh, if Mount Vernon, I believe, still plays Pottsboro down the road. Yeah, they close with Pottsboro. So you can force a three-way tie, maybe you win a tiebreaker and win that district. Mm-hmm. Right now, I think I think Winsboro beats Pottsboro, at, at which point they would...
0: They again, would basically have the outright. Again,
1: yeah, like they could always... They could lose anybody, you know what I mean? I this mean, this the, high school football, things can happen. The next two
0: teams that they're playing If are you're a,
1: Winsboro, it's Mineol and Bonham, and like they're going to be favored in both those games. Yeah. But like... You know, crazier things have happened. Yeah, that's you know, a Mineola, collective
0: four and nine on right. the other
1: teams. Miniola could be the, the, the best team in the state for one night and beat, beat them. But if Winsboro feel wins tonight, they've got to feel good about first place. That makes that Pottsboro-Winsboro game, in my, I'm sorry, that Pottsboro-Mount Vernon game, in my opinion, straight up for second place. Mm-hmm. Second place, third place. Commerce. Fourth place Fourth place is a bit, of a bit of a jumble, but I do like Commerce. Uh, has Commerce, Have Commerce and Mineola played yet? Because I'm not giving up on Mineola. No, they play they play at the end. Now, because Mineola, I want to say their schedule was pretty front loaded. Yeah, they've already lost. They're playing
0: Bottom tonight. Yeah, yeah. so they a, have to. They've win They've already lost the Mount
1: Vernon, Pottsboro, but yeah. they were never going to beat them, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For fourth place, if things kind of break right, then I think you could look at that last play, that last game, Commerce and Miniola, straight up for fourth place.
0: But Miniola has to win tonight.
1: Minneola's got to has got to take care of business against Bottom. Right, and then they gotta take business, take care of business in Week Ten against Emory Rains before to set up a potential um, pl- playoff spot, kind of clinching game, straight up like a playoff game, functionally mm-hmm. between Commerce and Mineola. I think I like. I don't know. Commerce is off to the hot start, but I'm not throwing dirt on Mineola yet. I think that if they can figure something out defensively, then I yeah. think they'll be okay. Anyway, what's next Pickle?
0: Um, let's go with a. With a shortage of officials across the state, what can the UIL and TASO do to help out with keeping officials and getting new recruits right i think it's people helping out tasso it's like, a good it's a good question yeah right
1: um it's a good question because and this is something we've we've run across a fair number of times mm-hmm. is that if you didn't know there is a an official shortage in texas high school football in texas sports i should say in texas high school athletics sports.
0: yeah it is definitely not just football basketball people want to do football and so when you start getting to girl's basketball, basketball that's hard
1: baseball volleyball something like that there's a few different things. One, obviously, you can incentivize it, like you can up their pay rate and stuff like that. I know the UIL recently. I in the off season. They passed a rule that like allowed for a bigger travel stipend and things like that, and that just kind of helps out and and incentivizes players because you don't want it. You don't want these officials to be like paying for it out of their own pocket to go official officiate games. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're as I've said before. You're not going to get rich, but it's nice kind of runaround money to be an official, right? That's part of it. Another part of it is that I think the UIL can make sure that everybody understands that there's a zero tolerance policy for uh, for like abusing officials. Mm-hmm. Now there is, but I think that the UIL should and and does I think emphasize that to coaches. Say, listen. I understand it's frustrating out there. We all want to win. this is competitive, but the only way that we're going to keep players or keep officials out there is by treating them with respect and telling our players that we have to treat them with respect. Mm-hmm. They're going to be bad calls, but we can't you you yell, you know, out there yell at them you know yell at them make them feel terrible right Make them feel like they want to quit um. I think another thing I've said this before and I'll say it again, I think it's all up to us to, to make sure we're treating officials with respect and making it so that their, their job is as easy as possible because they are doing a service for the, for the, for the sport. Um, and then, you know, look, the the UIL I think is, and, and Tasso do a pretty good job recruiting. We and in the media need to do a better job of amplifying the, the message and amplifying uh, the fact that there is a shortage. And if you want to go to taso.org and, and sign up and train and stuff like that, like, it's it's a way to stay involved in, in in high school football. If you're if you're passionate about, it, if you want to be a part of a Friday night, um, you can go do it. I, we know people who have done it, mm-hmm. uh, who've gone and gotten involved, and it's a it's a good way to do it. So there are ways to do it. Obviously, money talks, so that's part of it. Um, but there's bigger things and more like things surrounding the 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 money that I think we can all do to make it a little bit better. Well,
0: and I think like the people that make up the uil as in like coaches and stuff i know how much it means to those refs or the officials to be able to have an extra set of food sitting next yes. like by him. like they they orders so there's a lot of teams that will order an extra chicken express box and give yeah. it to the officials like that means a lot or make sure they just they at least have water and gatorade you yes. know they're not just showing up to an empty locker room and it's like where is water oh well you can go get it out of the little squirt gun thing
1: exactly right so things like that we want to make this as we want to make the job that officials do as easy as possible knowing full well that there are going to be some some downsides to this job i not to get on a soapbox here i draw a lot of parallels between officials and teachers Mm -hmm. i think that teachers have been abused over the course of the last 20 years or so and i think it's only getting worse so the best thing we can do is make the jobs easier for teachers we can make the jobs easier for officials that's just me. I'm off my soapbox. What's next, Pickle?
0: Will the moment be too big for Dripping Springs tonight if you're not
1: Ooh.
0: aware they are Ooh. playing oh. the number 2 team in Austin Westlake.
1: That's a, that's an interesting way to phrase it. Well, will it the, was my father
0: that phrased it that way. <laughs> will the
1: moment be too big for Dripping Springs? It is the biggest game in their 6A history. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. It is it is I mean, look, they get an opportunity to welcome the number 2 team in the state at home. Um this is a veteran ball club. This is a veteran ball club. They have played tough teams. They've played Vandegrift. They've played Bowie. They played Bowie on the road. Now, you know, uh, they have. Now, Westlake's a different animal, right? Um, I think a lot of. And I think they're well coached. I think Galen Zimmerman's going to have them prepared. Mm-hmm. My, And furthermore, they've got a senior quarterback, an experienced senior quarterback, and that's where your leadership comes from. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them. Now, do I think they're going to win? Also, no. I don't think they're going to win the game. But I do think that they will be prepared, and I think they're going to go out there and and throw their best shot at it. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me is that for Drip, these next two games are obviously important because you want to win them. You want to win a district championship. But as far as their playoff path is concerned, they play Westlake and Lake Travis back-to-back. Functionally irrelevant, like functionally irrelevant, because they're gonna be by beating you know depending on who gets that fourth seed uh, right now I think it's probably going to be Bowie, like they've already but Bowie you know they've already beaten Bowie and so I think that they're gonna be the the number one seed in D two. There's just not a lot to gain from that, mm-hmm. but obviously they don't listen to me and they're not they're not trying to they're not going out there and be like oh guys don't worry it doesn't mean anything they mm-hmm. want to go out there and get this win because a win in this like let's put it this way right now they're the number 16 team in the state i want to say mm-hmm. like, they're easily top 10 if they win this game mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and they could and they can end a 46 game lose winning streak stuff like that a lot to gain from them and they can prove that they belong in 6a and they're on that short list of contenders I don't think the moment's going to be bit too big for them. If it was on the road, this might be a different conversation. But especially at home, I think they're going to come out fired up.
0: Well, and I think too, when you take, like when you talk about a moment being too big, I I think that the coaches can tell them eight bajillion times, like, "Hey, we got there, we play our own ball and stuff." But I really genuinely think it comes down to like where the players are at in their own headspace. Because mm-hmm. you can look at this like you have one of two ways to look at this in my mind. One of it is you are so sick. Of growing up hearing that Westlake and Lake Travis are the two only good things that come out mm-hmm. of Austin; those are the only places where there's players. So you can be so ready to prove that wrong and finally shut that up after hearing it for 17, 18 years, or you're looking at it in a way of, "Oh my God, we're actually here. We're actually playing Westlake." You know, mm-hmm. and, and you take it for you've heard about it for 17 years and you let that affect Again. you. I think that when the moment's too big, that's how those are the two ways that we'll decide that.
1: I compare it a lot we've talked about it with Alito we've talked about it with Allen we've talked about it with Katie we've talked about it with you know these big time programs there are a lot of teams that they walk off the bus and they see the jersey and it says whatever across the front and they're down Mm 14-0 nothing. is the thing for drip that they have to avoid Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of this we'll we'll know a lot through the first two drives yep first two drives for each side Right, first quarter, back and forth. If if Westlake gets it, scores, and then like pick six or something like that, mm-hmm. yeah, we're gonna know a lot if because I'm... it's gonna be really. Westlake is not in the business of letting you come back on.
0: Them. No, no, but no. Westlake is also. Let me throw this out there. They're super slow starts this year.
1: Starts slow against Lake Travis. Starts slow against. Ridge Point started mm-hmm. slow against uh, Anderson.
0: Which for Drip, it's just you cannot take your foot off the gas. And honestly, if if, if I'm the OC heading into this game, I'm, I'm running a couple plays, and then I am putting all my eggs in one basket and letting Novasad just absolutely try one bomb down the yep. field in the very first sequence of fourth down, like first yep. downs and just seeing what you can get there. I mean, I heck, even the, do I it on the, the first play. Just I load think, up and, I mean, just send everybody on a fly route.
1: I think the script... Is going to be very interesting from Dripping Springs. Mm-hmm. How cannot they cannot be conservative. Game. How they start <laughs> this game? Because I think that I think Westlake has shown they are vulnerable early. Can they take advantage? We'll find out. Fascinating game. What's next?
0: Is East Bernard. As mm. down as their zero no. six record.
1: Okay, let me start with that. Uh, that that's that, they are they are better than zero six.
0: They have played Edna, a good team; Hitchcock, a good team; Ganado, a good team; Shiner, a good a team; Tidehaven, a good team. Like I don't know little... about last week, but uh... Brazos, I, Brazos six and one. Yeah. Like this is I just me... the East Bernard that you're used to seeing beats that. Team. Right. Oh no, you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
1: Let me see if I can add this up real quick.
0: To a certain Their degree, 0-6 is 0-6. No, you
1: and at some point you're you're right, Pickle. You are what your record says you are. But at the same time, when you're playing teams that are a combined 33 and 6 on the year, like let's give them a little bit of a little bit of leeway they're here. They're down, they're not broken. They're, now, here's, here's a big problem with it okay and 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 so east bernard runs a slot t and i have to be fair i've not seen tape on east bernard this year i want to be very clear but the slot t that they run down there when it's working it's working and when it's not it's not and i i wonder if they are just missing an operator back there because the offense has really fallen off a cliff like the offense is only averaging they're only averaging 13 points a game okay and and we're talking about a team that you know last year was averaging the, i've got this somewhere um I, I did this i'm pulling up a spreadsheet real quick that's what i'm doing uh you're talking about east bernard through six weeks they were down that like they averaged 32 points a game last year they're, they're averaging 13 now right That like they have had a drop of nineteen points a game. They're in like the bottom ten percent as far as like offensive like delta, week to like year to year. They have been like they've taken a huge step back. Like think about I want to think about this. Okay, think about like the concern we've had for South Oak Cliff offensively. Right now they're starting to round into form. They're starting to figure things out. But like they've obviously taken a step back offensively. East Bernard is down more points per game than South Oak Cliff. They're down more points per game than LBJ. They're down more points per game than um, Brock, than Ennis, right? This is a team that the offense has really fallen off, and I think that in the slot T, you are so reliant on having an operator back there that maybe they just don't have it right now.
0: I also, and maybe this is not thinking right, but as as well as they operate at their slot T, the East Bernard that I got used to seeing was a very good stout defense and I think that that's where you start looking into sure. because that was a team that they played hard mouth like smash mouth football and I think that the defense not being as good is where you can say they're not broken but they're definitely down from what we're used to seeing oh
1: they're down they're down we are saying well it it's a systemic thing <laughs> because when you run the slot T, mm-hmm. part of the advantage of the slot T is that it keeps your defense fresh. Mm-hmm. And if you're only putting up 13 points a game, that means you're having a lot of three and outs. Mm-hmm. And if you're having a lot of three and outs, that, that means defense your defense is, is the on the time. field a lot. Yeah, and so it's
0: what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> like the
1: big, the big talking point in football this year is complementary football. Everyone wants to use the phrase complementary football. The slot T is a perfect example of that. If that slot T sucks, and you've trained your, you built the entire program around the idea of our offense is going to eat up clock and then our defense is just going to have to make six stops a game
0: Mm -hmm.
1: then suddenly if you're asking them to make 12 stops a game then if you if they give you the same six stops that means they're giving up six scores
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it is a so they are better than zero and six I do wonder if there are some big issues and I think they start on the offensive side Mm -hmm. Um, and by the way they are probably not going to make the playoffs no. That game against Van Vleck is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. That game against Van Vleck may, in fact, be for a – yeah. That's pretty much straight uh, – week 10 uh, against Van Vleck is probably going to be straight up for uh, a playoff spot because they play Danbury tonight. They better be Danbury. If they don't beat Danbury, then it's like sound the alarm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I had some thoughts on East Bernard. What's next?
0: <laughs> this is an East Bernard podcast we're now. At East, we're at a Bramus podcast. Uh, I
1: love Wade Bossy. I love that team. I, like When they're cooking yeah. – when they're cooking they're really fun and like you see the difference sorry to keep going on all that East mm-hmm. Bernard but if you remember uh, uh, long time fans of Texas High School may remember when they were really cooking they had Tice Lenina at the quarterback mm-hmm. spot and he was such an athlete back there and such an operator of that offense they need something like that and I wonder if that's missing mm-hmm. right now
0: we had them on Texan Live, and I loved watching them last year. They're just a fun team to watch, they are, and it hasn't been that. It and there's been. there's a whole – especially in that part of the world, it's they're com- one of the only really good, like, small school ball. So It's a combination,
1: though. It's a combination because part of it is that they play tough schedule, but I also do think something's broken offensively. Yes. What's next?
0: Um – when you go get barbecue, huh? do you go with regular sausage, or do you get the jalapeno cheddar, or something even more exotic?
1: I want the I want the specialty. Mm-hmm. I want whatever that place has that's different. Now, so like when we went to Heim,
0: mm-hmm. I was fixing to bring this They up.
1: had jalapeno sausage, jalapeno mm-hmm. cheddar, and then they had another one.
0: They had my pepper jack sausage. Pepper jack. Oh, oh my goodness!
1: So that's what I want. Like I I trust I trust that. Every barbecue place worth their salt can make good sausage, straight up sausage. Mm -hmm. That's good. I love that. I want the specialty. I want the exotic. I, if you've got some sort of wild-ass sausage that I've never seen, mm-hmm. I want to try
0: it. Yeah, see, I am I am huge jalapeno cheddar fan. Huge. I, I love jalapenos. I think almost everyone yeah. on this, like, I will just eat a whole bowl of jalapenos. So I love jalapeno cheddar. But the one place that I will not get the jalapeno cheddar sausage is Heim. If you go to Heim Barbecue and you have not tried their pepper jack sausage, I'm telling you, it is, I mean... Thirteen it's out inc- of ten. It's, it's so because you got it. I convinced you to get it last time because I was
1: going to get the jalapeno cheddar. Yeah, because it's really good. Uh huh. And then you're like, yeah, try the pepper jack.
0: And jacket. he he looked up and he goes, "This was the right move." I was like, you were yep. correct." <laughs> um. All right. Do you think the winner of Atlanta and Jefferson tonight ultimately will decide District Six, three Division <sighs> One? It, if I mean, probably. It, looks like it.
1: I mean, like, like you know, the the standings right now would tell you that. Yeah. Um.
0: They've got to Yeah, play.
1: I'm not. I'll just say this: like Tatum lurks.
0: I was six to say has. Uh, I know Jefferson still has to play Tatum in week. They both 10. have to. Oh, okay, yeah. They both
1: have to. Tatum's going to have something to say about that it because could be like three ways. Because like Tatum, tie. week ten and week eleven, they play Jefferson. They play Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I'm not ready to. Okay, the winner of this game obviously feels really good about their spot, mm-hmm. but I'm not ready to bury the loser simply because Tatum's going to have something to say about it, and Tatum may beat both of them. Right or like Tatum may win one lose one and we can get to a three-way tiebreak situation. I think that is a pretty tightly packed district at the top between Tatum, Jefferson and Atlanta. Tatum's got the 3 and 3 record, but their losses are to Center in quadruple overtime. Tatum was the, I've talked about this uh, Tatum before. Tatum, I thought there was a chance that they started like 0 and 6 because Center they lose in quadruple overtime. They lose to Dangerfield by 13 on the road. And then I thought like Pittsburgh was a tough game. Then they played West Rusk and they beat them, by the way. And then they played Lumberton, which is a four A team, and they beat or and they lose to them by a score. But then they open up district play with a win over Gladewater. Now Gladewater was a team that has rougher and they're another team that's weird. They've got a they're better than their record indicates. They're better than one of five, but that's a good win for them. I think Tatum's in that mix too. So I would say Jefferson, Atlanta, Tatum are in some order one, two, three, and you could talk me into Tatum being the best team in the district still. The winner, obvious of tonight, Jefferson and Atlanta is obviously still. It, it feels good about it. I think I lean towards. My lean towards Atlanta, but I, I've been burned so much by Atlanta before. So,
0: I was waiting for that comment. So, I was like, let's no, see, man. let's see like if the past he does five it. Five
1: years, I've been like this is the year for Atlanta, and then like last year they went like zero and ten. And yeah. I'm like, no. I'm gonna go with Jefferson tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Jefferson. <laughs>
0: Please, Atlanta, come back and Over win this Atlanta. so you can burn it just again. I think, Tatum, in. Might in I think yeah. Tatum might be on both. I think Tatum might be on both.
1: Anyway, there's that. What's next? Let's do two more.
0: What is the best team with a losing record right now? Do we still have to say Brock? <laughs> Got to s- win tonight.
1: Got to be Whitesboro tonight. Yep. Whitesboro's no picnic. Um, best team with a losing record right now? It's a good question. Does
0: Lindell technically have a winning record? Um, I don't know. Has, they, four and three, so they technically have a winning record.
1: They have a winning record, so they have, they have a winning record. Um, I could be talking, because South O'Cliff doesn't have a winning record anymore. I mean, Brock is the easy choice, mm-hmm. but, like, t- 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 Brock is an easy choice. I think that, <sighs> a lot of three and three teams that I like, like, we were just talking about Tatum, like, I think Tatum mm-hmm. is, is a pretty good team. Um another team with a losing record. Jeez, that's a good question. Like Lake Travis is 3 and 3, but like you know, 3 and 3 for them is like a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. Like Summer Creek's 3 and 3, but that's a team that I really I really like. So I would say right now the answer is Brock. Uh Munster is another team, they're 2 and 4.
0: Yeah, but are you ready to hop off no. the Munster train? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sorry. I I'm, I'm ready to hop off the Munster train. You're done. I don't You're think done with that, Munster. Yeah. Um, I think that that is a, like a Munster-Winthor's rematch is just no, like it's just not gonna zero. happen. Team
1: that I'm forgetting that's got a losing record. Um, okay, Brock's easy choice. Munster, Munster is honorable mention, and third place is Ennis. Yeah, I think that Ennis there's... played a really tough schedule. Their losses are to Walks, Hatchy, Midlothian, Colleyville Heritage, and Everman. Um, like for example, it wouldn't surprise me if they beat Midlothian Heritage.
0: I think especially there are.
1: They got figure things out defense.
0: I think that it's not necessarily a losing record. I think there are more teams that we are used to seeing go undefeated that we have not seen go undefeated this year. That that's been more of the shock rather than like, oh, this team is you know zero and four and they're really good.
1: Like for example, like South Oak Cliff is. Um, are they three and three?
0: I think so. Yeah. They I are. Think they're well, they're four last, and three now. So they've got a three, winning okay.
1: record. But like, and they're going to finish. By the way, this is a spoiler alert. But they're going to finish. Um, yeah. Ten and uh, seven and three. Three. Yeah. And yep. stuff like that. Um,
0: or the well, who was the team that their only loss was to Gilmer and Carthage? Um, gosh darn it, we talked about them last week. I can't remember. But like, that's a team that we don't expect to have two losses. Who was see. it?
1: I'm looking it up. Hold on. You're right. God bless. Come on. And
0: then you take a look at that and you go, oh well, it's because they lost to them. Who's
1: the team that that they lost there to Gilmer and Carthage? It's uh, Kilgore.
0: Kilgore, yes. Kilgore,
1: like they, they and they beat Lindale
0: last night, so it's a good thing. But they're, yeah, you're going, why do they? Why do they already have two right. losses on the season? And they came really early on, so they yes. were like one, two and yes. one, or one and two, and it was like yes. what?
1: <laughs> like right now, let me make some headlines. Like right now, if you put a sports gun to my head, the mm-hmm. 5A Division II title game is Fort Penn Marshall and South Oak Cliff. Yeah,
0: I think Fort That's, Ben. Mar- we talked a lot about Fort Ben Marshall needing to prove it last week against what was that Texas City, and mm-hmm. and they proved it. And then they, and won, they, they proved won last night. It.
1: Although last night they played they played Niederland. That was another uh, Thursday night affair, and they beat they beat Niederland, who's one in five. But again, they're better than, than one in five. But they only beat them twenty four nothing, and I'm like, huh. now I don't know, I don't know. There was weather, so maybe that game started. I I need to dig in and figure that out. Uh, but uh so maybe... I don't know. Maybe that game got postponed or something like that. Let's see. Um, they play deep in the night after a long rain delay. Yeah. Okay.
0: Regardless, that's going to cut that amount of weather is going to cut down on your... rain
1: delay. I'm willing to give them a little bit of a pass yeah. on weird weather, big delay, and stuff like that.
0: The but main goal there was to hold also, on to the football. <laughs> the other
1: thing is that like right side of the brackets, like Liberty Hill, I think is a little bit flawed. Like mm-hmm. five division two, man, I'm telling you, like that right it's side of the bracket, way it's way down, wide open, and. You could talk me into a lot of different teams in five a division two, but I'd say right now I'd go South Oak Cliff and, and Fort Bend Marshall would be my pick for. for a yeah, title game. I
0: mean I can't I can't argue that I I am interested. I don't think that South Oak Cliff will be tested anymore this year. No, all due respect, thing. but so I'm still like, they were they went from being incredibly tested like one of the most difficultly tested go, to not having really anybody that's going to give them a competitive game like I honestly feel like we're not going to know what we're looking at with Sock until we get to the playoffs
1: so like for example right now so so here's an interesting thing so we've got our playoff projections Steps guys, first playoff projections up at TexasFootball.com for subscribers this would be the path for South Oak Cliff okay hypothetically Ennis first round Melissa Midlothian heritage, yeah, and then like Texas High, Lovejoy, or Summit. It's not an... or E Block.
0: E Block. Oh my gosh, dude, they'll earn it. Like that's Soft the thing, is versus that, like, Everman the, would
1: be amazing. The thing Step about Step South Oak Cliff, though is that like they're obviously tested in the early going. Mm-hmm. Duncanville, DeSoto, Lancaster, They've yeah, been tested. Now they get like all due respect to Dallas ISD and those programs. They get like seven weeks where they're just a lot better than everybody Mm -hmm. else, and
0: And it's really not even close. Pick it
1: up. Yep. And there is no margin. They got to be ready out of the gates. Be interesting to see. All
0: right, one more. Your ender, and this goes back to the pre-show topic. What is your favorite rom com? You go first. Um, so I don't know if I would consider it. It's technically a rom-com, but I would say it's almost more of a comedy than anything. But I love Bridesmaids. I think that is just peak cinema, and I am not here to hear anything else. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, how to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, that's a good one. I would say The
1: Terminator. <laughs>
0: Don't act like you don't watch rom coms. I know your wife is definitely into rom coms. Oh, she
1: was she was like like we were talking about about how um, Matthew Lillard she recognized him from like she's all that uh-huh. like Freddie Prinze Jr. and stuff like that. Freddie Prinze Jr. has been married to Michelle Geller for like twelve years. Do you know that? No, they're, married, they're still married. And you know what he's doing? Do You know what Freddie Prinze Jr. is doing this. He's he's podcasting about wrestling. There we go. Um, yeah, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days has um, one of my all-time like crushes on it. Uh, Larissa Oleynik. Okay. She's in that. She's the younger sister in uh, in, in, she, in in How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I think it is.
0: Um, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Wedding Planner. That's a good one. That's mm-hmm. with uh, J Lo and Matthew McConaughey. I like that yeah. one.
1: Um, yeah. I don't watch a ton of them. And, like, the other thing is, like, I'm the wrong guy to ask because, like, they all blend together to me. That's it's fair. like they all star the same seven people and they all have the same six hot guys in them. And, mm-hmm. like,
0: yeah. So, if you wanted to go old school, if you consider this a rom com, I love 16 Candles. The one, there aren't many girly things about me, but I love me a good rom com. I really genuinely do. Oh, um, all right.
1: This is a true rom-com. Have you ever seen When Harry Met Sally? Yes. When Harry Met Sally is really good. A good one. That's Billy Crystal's best work. So
0: the ringer, I, I was looking through, I was scrolling through, uh, the ringer put out like, what was the name of the article? It said... Uh, the 50 best romantic comedies. Yeah, 50 best romantic comedies, ringer, or best rom-coms. Out, and, Brian Curtis. Um the Brian Curtis. That was number one, When it's, Harry Met Sally. Yeah.
1: That's, that's a fair choice. That's fair. That's a fair poll. Anything um, else? You got anything else? You yeah. done?
0: not that's fine. We're going to end it on rom-coms. It's
1: going to do a press Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, CS at
0: That is annoying in my ear.
1: Please watch Ballet Sports Southwest tonight starting at 7 o'clock. I think we might be on the main channel.
0: Yeah, because the Rangers are done.
1: Rangers are done. I don't think they're stars tonight. They played last night. Go stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mavericks don't have a So game it'll be yet. just
0: us in the studio tonight. Sometimes we're with all of our like other buddies. Yeah,
1: I like I Like they, I like
0: when the Rangers were playing because we got to see like all the great Ranger crew people. Yeah. But,
1: like I get to hang out with like Steve Bouchel, which yeah. is the father of Shane Bouchel, our Dave Campbell second football cover He's he, always talking he, about Arnold Lamar. He's great, dude. I was
0: sick to say he loves high school football. He loves it. Like yeah. he Steve always Buschel's just goes. Great. I don't know how and y'all like, do this. And like, as a Rangers nerd,
1: like, I love it. Yeah. I'm like, Dude, I got I got to meet um, David Murphy when mm-hmm. he was doing it, and like Murphy, Murphy's is like, I told him this when I met him, and I took a picture and sent it to my
0: oh, mom. Oh yeah. I
1: told him I was like, you're my mom's all time favorite Ranger. And he said
0: he gets he's that like, a lot. I get that a lot. I'm really big <laughs> with
1: moms. Like moms just think I'm because he's a Baylor boy. Like yeah. he's like a nice guy. Um. Anyway, like plays a game, plays a game hard and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then, but the good thing is. Uh, we are ending the show, but um, the good thing is that um, b- 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 oh,
0: just go with it is also
1: stars good. Yeah, no. uh, means that we get to hang out with uh, stupid sexy Brian Ray mm-hmm. and Sevy and my boy Brent Severn. Also, Lauren Callender will be there, whom I love. But
0: um, um, when I was an intern, my main gig was being the stage manager for the stars. So I got to every time Sevy would walk in, he goes, "Whoa, oh, here comes trouble." Um,
1: <laughs> Sevy's great. <laughs> Seve, I think. I think Sevy. I don't want to play favorites, but I I, I think he's my favorite. Me too. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Vince Young, please play your trophy. We'll see you Monday on Text Football Today.